0: Amen. Let us pray. Father God, we thank you so much for who you are, what you are. You're an awesome God, a wonderful God, Lord. You never cease to amaze us. Even in this time of death, Lord, we can still be in and saying, you are good. So we pray for the Jenkins family. We pray for Minister Aaron and, and Minister Yvette and, and, and Joshua and little Aaron, Lord, that you would just comfort them at this time of hurt and sorrow. But Lord, let them be okay because they know that their mother is in a better place. So we ask that you have your way, anoint this service, continue blessing us, preparing our hearts to receive, our minds to understand, our ears to hear, our eyes to see, Lord, how things pertain to us specifically. Lord, let us check our egos at the door and, and, and say, okay, look, I'm, Lord, I'm naked and ashamed, I want to be changed. So you say, have your way, touch me as I speak a word in season, in Jesus' precious name. Amen. Amen. Turn to your neighbor and say, neighbor. God is, God is good. No matter what. Turn to the other neighbor. Say, other neighbor, other neighbor. I'm, I'm telling you, I tell you, God is good. good. Amen. 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 I was uh, um I was out speaking at ORU for their corporate chapel, and you know talking to the youth, and I was trying to be there to encourage them. I said, you know what? I said, just be prepared. I said, you're young. You're excited about this walk with God. I said, but you know, you know that you're really about this life. Okay, sorry. You know that you're really uh, <laughs> committed to, to this walk of Christ. <laughs> when you face a hard time that challenges your belief system, when you, you you come to a place where it just something just rocks the foundation of what you stood on. You you you've been up. You grew up in in. Um, Sunday school and, and talk about the goodness of God and, and you, you you go to do, 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 do c3 well youth ministry and you hear about the goodness of God you now you're in school and you're hearing about the goodness of God but there's a time when your foundation is going to be rocked and if you can stand in spite of your foundation being rock you know that you're about this life you know you are committed to this walk you know and, and I believe that 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 sometimes we need that foundation to be rocked it's a like, little check you know, remember, remind you who's in control. Just a little, a little check. It's say, like, okay, in spite of, God is so good. Yeah. You know, and, and that, that's the biggest thing that people who walk away from Christianity, one of the biggest things they fight with and wrestle with is the goodness of God. Yeah. Yeah. How can this God be so good yet? How can God be so good? And I see this. So stay, stay strong. Stay strong. So I'm excited. I told this joke. and My dad told me this one. Uh, I'm going to try to remember it. I messed it up when I told my wife. She, she laughed at me. <laughs> so there was a little girl in class. And while she's in class, you know, uh, it's, a, it's a marine biology class. And the teacher's talking about the different animals and, and the marine. Uh, and got to a whale. And she said, you know, it's impossible for a, a whale to swallow a human. And the little girl, she's perplexed. She said, I just learned in Sunday school. She's saying to herself, I just learned in Sunday school that, that you know, Jonah we're swallowed by a whale. So, so this teacher is teaching something antagonistic to what she believes. And She said, I'm going to have a hard time with this. So, so she stood in the back of class and let this sit in the back of mind. And after class ended, she goes to the teacher. She says, the teacher says, look, is that true? And she said, yes, it is impossible. She was adamant about it. She said, it is impossible for a, 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 a whale to swallow a human. So the teacher said, so "Little girl, you know, she didn't want to argue with the teacher. And she said, okay, well, you know what? When I go to heaven... I'm going to ask him. I'm going to have a conversation with Jonah. And the teacher said, well, what if he goes to hell? (laughs) So she thought, and she pondered for a little while. And she looked at the teacher and said, you ask him. (laughs) So, So say to your neighbor, say, neighbor, God is good. <laughs> so this month we're talking about love, and I'm going to challenge you. You know, we talked about upgrading, and we you know we 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 we're, we're at the place where we're talking about divine providence and the div- divine providence of God, and and look at the foresight. But there's something about love that we have to really understand, because remember. There's four things that we need to be convinced of, and the number one thing that we need to be convinced of is that God loves us, right? And, 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 and that the lens that you see that how God loves you is determined on how you understand love. We can say, yes, God loves us, but if your lens is, is, is skewed by some trauma and, and, and some other things that have, have hurt it, or, or I love it, Paul says in, in Corinthians, he said, we see through a glass dimly, and back in the days, they really didn't have mirrors. What they did was they took bronze and they polished it up the best they can in order to see a reflection of how they looked when it came to uh, some type of mirror or reflection system. So he, he, when he refers to the glass being dimly, he says, you look through the bronze reflection and you can't really see everything that the, the, that is really supposed to be seen in the true reflection. So we say, well, God loves us. What does that mean? How does that look? So I, I really want to really put you out there and, and really observe how you love. We're going to go through the scriptures. But before I go there, I'm going to give you the rest of last week's seven disciplines of prayer. Because some of you were mad at me that I only gave you three. And they said, how do you expect us to v- develop and you don't give us all of the seven? You know, and I don't want letters to be sent to my dad. <laughs> so we got to do a re- real quick recap. Amen? So number one, come and talk back to me. What was number one? So the five that took notes, thank you. <laughs> we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna go over this together. Develop practices that causes you to depend on God daily. It's a discipline. So we need to develop practices that, that cause to depend on God. We, we, we can go to a place where I, I talked to an individual. He said, well, I'm rich. He said, no, 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 I'm sorry. I'm not just rich. I'm very rich. And he said, I did this on my own. Why do I need God? And what that tells me is that people tend to start creating practices that cause them to develop a, 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 a place where they are completely Committed to self, and a part of disciplines is one we gotta. We need a, a dependency on God. So we need to create practices that causes us to depend on God. I've been at places, and, and I know, and some of us we, get, we have these stories. The story starts out, but God. How many of us had those stories? But God. When I, when I look at the birth of my son, and, and, and he was how many weeks old? How many how, preemie? Thirty three weeks. And my wife is struggling trying to keep the baby. You know, she would cough and her. her if, if you know, if you're familiar with this, her cervix would dilate about three centimeters. She's on bed rest and, and here comes the baby and they had to try to rush and give her um, a, a steroid to help the, develop the lungs. And I, I, as I see my baby come out and the, the doctor sucks and says, oh, this is a healthy baby. All I can say is, but God. Amen. Yeah. Because there's certain places where we need to make sure that we, de- that we allow ourselves to be so vulnerable that we have no other choice but to depend on God. You know, and I, I, I can't go a little further. I, I, before I go further, did Lisa do her thing up here? For, yeah. I was like, I don't need to preach. You know, but she did her thing. So I just want to commend Lisa. Number two. What's number two? Okay, okay, we, we all got that? <laughs> build in a way the Holy Spirit transforms you into a person that reflects the love, humility, strength, strength of character, and obedience of Christ. Once again, build in a way that the Holy Spirit transforms you into a person that reflects the love, humility, strength of character, and obedience of Christ. Number three, and I'm just gonna say that. So I'm, so thank you, thank you for participating. But I'm, I'm just gonna share it. We should have activities that connect you with God and other believers. Right, what's the principle? We don't grow in. We don't grow in. Isolation. We don't grow in. Isolation. The balcony, we don't grow in. Isolation. Well, we grow in. Community. Come on, people. We don't grow in. Isolation. We grow in. Community. So we need to find ways to connect with God and others. The most, the worst thing you can do as a believer is try to grow in an isolated place. Because you become vulnerable as a believer. Number four, you should have experiences that enrich you as well as others. And what does that experience look like? It depends on your life. It depends on how you do it. But there's certain things that should, should, you should get involved in that's going to just enrich you. It's going to build you up. Not only build you up, but you're going to be a part of, because remember, we're doing this together. We're going to be with other individuals that enriches them as well. Because we can get caught up in doing things and being in places that don't enrich us, it actually pulls from us. Some of us, we, you know, we, we got we got people that we come around that just just drain us. You ever find a person you're around that, that, that you feel you, you you leave them more tired? Number five. Right, this is key. this is a big key one. You want. Practices that will empower you. Say empower. empower you to face the everyday challenges. You want practices that's gonna, just gonna, it's, just, it's gonna empower you. You're gonna go through processes where you're, you're, you're just gonna. I'm ready for this challenge. You know, there's a post that goes around every once in a while on Instagram. If you want to follow me, Jamal Bernard, and. <laughs> and it says that 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 you should live your life in such a way that, that when you your feet come out of the bed and step on the floor that the, the Holy Spirit says oh man this person's up. Because there's some challenges that that, that you that, that as you, because remember we live life on levels and we experience them in stages. And at every level and at every stage our best becomes mediocrity becomes mediocre. So we want to be able to start growing to a place where we can constantly empower ourselves to face these challenges. So I want the devil to say, oh man, Pastor Jamal is up. Number That was number five. Number six. We should have practices on a daily basis to build the character of Christ in your heart. In your what? In your heart. So that it can be expressed... As wisdom in your life, so we should have practices that that one. It, it, remember, it's a progression. It says first in your heart, then it'll be expressed in your life. Practices that that that, that of Christ represented in your heart, then in your life. We're at first, and then say to your neighbor, "Say neighbor," in your heart first, then we'll see it in your life next. Because remember, it says, "Out of, out of the heart flows." The issues of life. Out of the heart flows. You know, so where do you think war and and, and arguing and all this other stuff comes from? He says, look, check the heart. He said, what do you you think the, the, the things that come out of your mouth? Check your heart. You got Can I move to seven? Yes? Balcony, we ready? Amen. We're on point. See the balcony? Thank you. Should We should have practices that maintain your freedom from where? Your old self. Remember, we got the old stuff. Remember, Lisa said it. We, we, what's the worth of Christianity if it doesn't change your character? There's something old that you have to let go of. And remember, the reason why we want to let go of the old is so we can embrace the new. It's difficult to embrace the new if you're still holding on to the old. Some of us, the new is too, too much for one hand, and we need two, both hands to embrace the new. Some people have what they call kung fu grip ministry. You know what Kung Fu grip is, right? For those who are my age, when G.I. Joe first came out, they, they were fancy because they had a Kung Fu grip so you actually can hold, right? Yeah. And some of us had that Kung Fu grip ministry, but we were still holding on to the old. Mm-hmm. That self that was alienated, that alienated us from God. So we got to let go of that stuff. So these are seven practices that we need to start having in our life as individuals as we develop in our spiritual growth. Amen? Amen. Amen. All right, so that's that. So I'm ready to clear. I'm not in trouble anymore. You got all seven? All right. No? We're good? All right. Excellent. So now let's talk about the month of love. Talk about upgrade. Everybody's looking at, you know, upgrade. I'm going to become a better me, right? The new me. Even Al Sharpton had an Al Sharpton 2.0. He knew he needed to change some things. But, I, so we're talking about love, and, and, and I, I, growing up, I had a hard time with love. You know, my mother come, came from a background that we, where she really didn't have a full concept of love. So even her, with having her children, she had to grow and understand love. Her mother was not, was not nice. You know, her, her, her father, you know, was, was not the true strong man that would stand up to the, the, the not niceness, if that's a proper term, of, of her mother. You know she she was alienated, especially because she became a christian she married my father and um <laughs> sorry I, I had a thought <laughs> <laughs> counsellor, I'm doing good counselors right okay so so <laughs> So she she had, uh, I know, so she went through a process where the whole idea of love, affection, and and, and things like that, that was not normal for my mother. So she started raising us up in a certain way. And she said, Don't say I love you to everybody. She said, Because everybody doesn't love you. And she started creating a mindset as we grew up and and that that you only say I love you to somebody who loves you, who says they love you, and they genuinely love you. And that's not what the Bible says. That's not what the Bible teaches. And it was a gentleman by the name of Minister Reggie who started coming around and helped me change my viewpoint because every time I saw him, he said, I love you. I'm like, mm-hmm. I'm like, I don't even know you like that yet. We're doing youth ministry together. I'm starting to get to know him and stuff like that. But he always said, I loved you. But he meant it. And I had to go through a process because the the, the way we see love is... is, is Comes out of a the, the way we see love comes out of a specific lens, and sometimes, like I said earlier, the lens can be a, a lens of hurt. Right? We, we've been we dealt with hurt. That was my mother's lens. My mother dealt with uh, hurt. My mother dealt with 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 um, uh, neglect. That can be another lens that we can see love in. So when we say God loves us, if we are seeing God's love within a lens of hurt. We'll only see that that he loves us when only things go good. But if we're, so remember, if the lens is a lens of hurt and I can only receive God's love through his goodness, if something outside of his goodness happens to me, I have a hard time and I wrestle with this thing called love. If this lens is a lens I see God's love with out of anger and let there's something bad happen, I have a hard time accepting God's love. Next, the next couple of weeks, uh, so, so we, we, we did love. We're going to start with love this week. Next week is the origin of love. The week after that is the value of love. And the last week is the endurance of love. How to endure and love somebody when they don't want to love you back. So I challenge you, this is going to be a month of challenge Because some of us got some baggage we need to let go of in order to really love. Some of us have such such baggage that we are having a hard time loving our spouse. And we've gone through the process. I've I've talked to individuals that have been married for 15, 20 years and still wrestle with this thing called love. We're going to go to my favorite text when it comes to love. Let's go to 1 Corinthians chapter 13. And we're going to read it out of the Amplified Bible. And we're going to stay in this text for the rest of the time. At least to gave a little history about 1 Corinthians. In 1 Corinthians, we talk about, you know, you look at the, 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 what was going on in Corinth. And we look at, in Corinth, you had, you know, different classes. Within the church, these individuals acting a certain way. They were, they were, uh, you know, the rich were, you know, taking care of everything and then not then neglecting the poor, the widow, the orphan. You had individuals that were being because remember, God was moving in Corinth, so the, the spirit was moving. They got individuals that were speaking in tongues, they were prophesying, they were, they were uh, healing. Healing ministry was going on, so there's a whole lot going on. But Paul had to bring some perspective to what's going on. So the scripture is he was he was actually checking the church in Corinth. Because there was a lot of stuff happening, but he said, he said, basically, church without love, write this down. Church, the Ecclesia, the body, not this building, but the body of believers, without love, there's no longevity. Amen. So he starts out telling them, he said, look, if I speak with tongues of men and of angels, but not have love... For others, going out of God's love for me, then I have become only a noisy gong, or a clanging symbol, just an annoying distraction. So he's telling them, he said, "Look, you guys are bugging out. There's some things going on in, in, in the church of Corinth, and you're making a lot of noise. Things are happening, but you don't have love, and that's all it's going to be is a bunch of noise. Right. No, love should dictate how you." worship. Love should dictate how you commune. Love should t- dictate your koinonia, especially in the church. She says, look, he said, then I have become the only noisy gong, a clinging cymbal, just an annoying distraction. And if I have a gift of prophecy, I can prophesy it over your life and speak a new message from God to the people and understand all mysteries and possess all knowledge and if I have all sufficient faith so that I can remove a mountain, and he was talking to the Jewish community, because especially in the Jewish community, remember back in Luke, Mark, he said, if you have enough faith, as a mustard seed. You tell the mountain to move and it can move. So he said, he said, you can be at a place where your faith is so strong that, that you, you are talking to these obstacles, and they're moving out of your way. They're getting out of your way. You're progressing as an individual. But if you have no love, there's a problem. He said, remove mine, but do not love. Reaching out to others, I am nothing. If I give my possessions to feed the poor. So he remembered, once again, So these rich individuals in Corinth. And now they say, okay, well, you convicted us. We're just going to give to the poor. He said, don't give to the poor just out of obligation. Don't give to the poor because you're being pressed by the the, the church and the membership. You got to give out of love. He said, let love dictate even how you give as an individual. He said, if I give all my possessions to feed the poor and if I surrender my body to be burned, he's reflecting back to Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And he's looking at what they went through because that was a very big story that that followed the Jewish community. He said, you can even do that, what they did, and still not have love. He said, if I give my possessions, surrender my body to be burned, But do not have love, it does mean no good at all. At all. People, we can't have church if we don't have love. We can't have church if we don't have love. The church is very good at reaching the uh, the broken outside. They're very good at evangelizing. They're very good doing their thing, handing out tracts if they still do that. But what happens to the broken inside the church? We are quick to reject our own. We're quick to kick our own to the curb. You know, I was so close to going on Instagram in January and said, look, church, do me a favor. Let's stand united this year. Let's 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 hold our people accountable because I'm not I'm not saying let's not, you know, let's let's accept what our, our people are doing across um, social media, but let's hold them accountable. But stand united. Disagreement should not lead to division, especially in the church. Disappointment, disagreement should not lead to division. So we'll get a famous pastor out there and doing certain things. We'll get a, a famous Christian out there and doing certain things. And what happens? Like, mm mm-hmm, look at him. And we'll tear our own down. And the world is seeing this. He says, okay, where's the love? Remember, he said, he said, he said, God said, anybody can love somebody they, don't, they like. He said, you, you can love somebody you like. He said, but the challenge is to love somebody you don't like. And we attack our own. We dog our own. The very place that's supposed to represent grace very rarely gives it to their own people. And it hurts. They started t- turning me away. I wanted to walk away from church because of the nonsense, the hypocrisy in the church. Looking at individuals, said, that, that, that's, a, that's a church member. Why, why are you dogging them out? Even to the point where they they have like 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 gossip groups in the church. He says, so we, you you can do all this stuff. You can you can have manifestations of the spirit. You can have speaking of tongues. You can have prophecy. You can give your money to the poor. You can you can you can be the point where you're ready to die for this. And if you don't have love, it's nothing. It's nothing. So Paul is speaking to a group of individuals, the church. He said, and, and that's the very thing that's going on out here in our church today. Not CCC. <laughs> Talking about the body of believers. Not the building. Not the name of the church. Let's continue reading. Love endures with patience. And serenity. I love that. Love is kind and thoughtful. It is not jealous or envious. How many times have you were ready to deal with one another like this? Lack of patience, no serenity. Because love is patient. Love is serenity. See, you got, you got, you got. Uh, who's singing? Was it Tina Turner? What's love got to do with it, right? That's how church acts. What's love but a second-hand emotion, right? What's love got to do with it? It has everything to do with it. Everything to do with it. And then you got, who's saying, I want to know what love is? Who's who's saying that? I want to, Who? New Jersey a uh, Quiet, Say that. I want you to show me. Where's the pop group? Who is p- Who is it? Foreigner. Who? Foreigner. Foreigner? Foreigner? That's before my time. That's why I don't know. <laughs> yeah? So I want to know what love is. I want you to show me. So, But, but if you look at it, then, then you got Little Wayne. Had our kids singing "How to Love," right? You got you got yeah, Justin Bieber to "Let Me Love You," right? So you got all these you got the the Western, the the, the Caribbean song. No, I'm not gonna sing. So there's a whole idea of, of 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 the society people trying to understand and grasp this concept of what love is. And music is a telltale sign of what's really going on within the culture, what's going on in the community. So you got it from all the way back from Tina Turner, the foreigner, back now into this day and age, where they're trying to understand this whole concept of love. Because we are designed and created for two things. Well, more than two things, but two major things for this conversation. To be loved and to love. See, and it's significant. That's why I said that the home structure has to be in such a way that because we as individuals, the first place that we understand love is at home. And it's two significant things that happen when we're dealing with love. One, we are being taught how to be loved. There's a lot of individuals that they don't know how to be loved. You got those individuals, whether man or female, that have been hurt. And when somebody tries to love them, they don't know how to receive it, so they start rejecting and pulling away and pushing, pushing back towards that love. Because for them, every time they love, that means somebody wants something from them. So we're taught how to be loved, and the other thing we're taught is how to love. Some of us don't know how to love. You know, you watch the old school old, old, old movie called Police Academy. You remember Police Academy? Yeah. Right back in the days, old school. Don't, don't, I, I feel bad. I gotta get saved for even mentioning it in church. That's it's a bad movie. But there's a family. <laughs> and, and within the, the, the movie, they, they, there's a, a guy named Tackleberry who had all the guns in the world right, and he was marrying this other lady, he was about to get married, so he goes over to the first time to go see the house and and visit the family, and the family members, they beat each other up as an expression of love, so the father comes to his son and just punches him in the mouth, boom, oh dad, that was a good one, that was a good one. And then you see them at the table eating, and next thing you know, you see the father got the, the son in a, a headlock, and he's dragging him from the table, him. I got you, I got you. He throws him down on the floor, and he said, oh, daddy, you got me. That's another good one. And what, what, what happens, that's their expression of love. So you got a guy who enters a relationship with a female, and the only way he knows how to express his love that he's been taught by his father is to beat on the wife. And then you got the female who does not know how to be loved, accepts that as an evidence of love and says, he loves me. Jesus. All because there's a, there's a disconnect on what love really is. Yep. There's a disconnect on, 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 on what love really is. So we continue. He says, he says he said, Look, I'm going to give you some understanding of what love is. Love is patient, love is kind, love is serenity. If you're in the, in the midst of love, there should be some serenity. There should be some level of peace. Something good should be happening in the place of love, in the relationship of love. Something good. If there's turmoil, let's see what's going on in love. That's why, God, that's why Jesus was able to respond. He said, the reason for divorce is hardening of heart. Because in a hardened heart, there is no love. He said, but if you get just a little bit of love, I can change the situation around. So I love it. He says love is not rude. It's not self-seeking. It's not provoked no overly overly sensitive. <laughs> I love that one. <laughs> Somebody with a sensitive it is not rude, <laughs> it is not self-seeking, it is not provoked, nor overly sensitive and easily angered. It does not rejoice oh no, let me continue. It does not take into account wrong endured. I'm going to repeat that for some people. It does not take into account wrong endured. It does not rejoice at injustice. That's why the, 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 the world is asking, where is the voice of the church when it comes to injustice? Because if the church is supposed to be representing love, where is the justice? Where are the justice seekers within the church because of this thing called love? They're only holding us accountable. We need to stop getting mad at the, at, at the world for holding us accountable. Love does not rejoice in justice, but rejoices with the truth when right and truth Prevail. Love bears all things, regardless of what comes, believes in all things, looking for the best in each uh, one, hopes all things, remaining steadfast during difficult times, enduring all things without weakening. Enduring all things without weakening. Love never fails, it never fades nor ends. But is but as for prophecies, they will pass away. For tongues, they will cease. As for the gifts of special knowledge, it will, it will pass away. For we know in part, and we prophesy in part, for our knowledge is fragmented, uh, fragmentary and incomplete. But when that which is complete and perfect comes, that which is incomplete and partial will pass away. And then there's a switch in the scripture. There's a switch in the text. Something happens. Because remember, we believe that God breathed this text into Paul to write this to Cormac. And we're going to talk about it next week. I pray you got something out of it. We're going to be talking about love throughout the rest of this month because I want CCC to be a place of love. How we respond to each other's needs comes out of love. How we're there to support each other comes out of love. I want to see some strong marriages because we're a loving church. I want to see some fruit of love in this church. Say to your neighbor, say, neighbor. Neighbor. Allow God to work on your love situation. Let's stand. Did you get something out of today's message? Amen. (laughs) God is so good. But even the way you receive the goodness of God is based on how you believe he loves you. One of the things I said, you know, I I talk about how God is when I go into these apologetic forums and and speaking, I said, God is love. We're going to talk about that next week. And out of his love, he has a perfect balance of justice in the system of love. See, people have a hard hard time with this this, this justice of God because if God loves me, then why am I suffering? See, God's love never negates the consequence built into our decisions, even if we're a product of somebody else's decision. And we got to wrap our mind around that. So you get a drunk driver who ends up killing the family. And the question is, where was God in this? We're going to talk about that. Because if He really loves me, does that mean I should never have trials and tribulation? Because then there's a conflict with what Jesus said. He said, I'm telling you, be of good cheer. And that's ironic. How are you going to tell me to be happy? Be of good cheer. Is you're gonna deal with some trials in your life, but the great thing about it is, I have overcome. So anything and everything that you can go through, He has overcome. All right, I, I gotta stop here. I gotta stop here. God is so good. I mean, when you start realizing the goodness of God, your, your worship goes to the next level. That's why I say upgrade, upgrade your worship. It goes to the next level. When you when you, when you When you start understanding the goodness of God, your your, your confidence goes to another level. I was in a car. I was out in Oklahoma. God's been using me. Please pray for me. But I was out in Oklahoma, so we're in a car, and I'll close with this. The, 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 The Uber driver is Muslim, and he got mad at me because he couldn't talk me out of my Christianity. I argued with him. I said, let me ask you a question. Same conversation that Lisa had. You know, wait, wait, wait. I said, let me ask you a question. So you're good? You don't know if it's good enough? I said, I got a problem with that religion just right there on its own. I said, because I know Jamal Bernard, and I know how I am. And if it wasn't for the cross, and if it wasn't for the death of Christ, if it wasn't for the justice of Christ, I wouldn't be at a place where I would be even good enough for this thing called heaven. And he got quiet. So he dropped us off on the ride back. He didn't want to talk to me about Christianity. I said, I got in the car. I said, oh, I thought you came back so you can get saved. And he chuckled. And he just drove. Because my confidence was found in the goodness and the love of God. Uh, Because I'm a Christian, I'm not going to, when we pray, I'm not going to pray for the Rams to beat. (laughs) So I got to to behave and stay balanced with my prayer and not let it be skewed by, you know, preference and stuff like that. But God, thank you so much for (laughs) always being able to have fun. Even though it's a serious experience, Lord, we still can have fun in it. So Lord, thank you for Minister Lisa's word of, uh, of encouragement and really bringing communion to our perspective. Yeah. Lord, thank you for, for, for the, the, the praise and worship and just anointing us afresh through praise and worship, Lord. So we ask that you continue having your way throughout this Sunday. Yeah. God, God, and govern our paths, protect the vehicles we'll be driving it because we know that people are going to be doing some bad things today when it comes to drinking. So no weapon formed will prosper from bumper to bumper, Lord. You have your way. So Lord, we ask that we will start helping us, that you will start helping us wrap our minds, wrap our heads around this concept of the God love. So as we receive next week, we're ready to start moving towards a path of experiencing and love from God. So thank you for this. In Jesus' precious name. Amen. 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 Come on, say it like we mean it. This Bible Bible is our primary source of faith. faith. This Bible Bible is our rule of conduct. conduct. This Bible Bible creates a lens lens that we see life through. through. As we leave this place for never God's presence, Jesus is Lord, period. We believe it, we proclaim it, and we're seeing it come to pass. God bless and enjoy the rest of your Sunday.